everybody and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here and Dr. Wiggy and we are going to kind of dive into a different topic today but it's our the name of our podcast Healthy Discourse has everything to do with this topic and that is dealing with conflict. So we live in a culture where there's a lot of cancellation. There's a lot of avoidance. There's a lot of, I'm just going to, st- uh, what do we call that? Ghosting. Mm. There's a lot of all these things. And it is not helpful for relationships and ultimately leads to um, hurt feelings, loss of friendship, not understanding, lack of all the things we actually pursue. So we're going to talk about three first steps to having difficult conversations and this could be anything from with a spouse or with other family members or with co-workers or with your boss or whatever and this this is just kind of a, a starting point for any conversation that's difficult yeah so I I think people even just hearing that word conflict uh, they may just want to turn this off because just just that idea of you know bringing some things up mm-hmm. or having these difficult conversations uh, just has that kind of initial gut reaction like, oh, I really don't want to, really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But what I, th- what I think is important is that it's really necessary to deal with conflict and to have difficult conversations because if you don't, uh, you'll never grow. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier to, you know, just uh, pretend like, the issue isn't there or to pretend like the conflict doesn't exist or the tension doesn't exist and you can kind of live through life and you probably can have a superficial relationship with the person that there is that conflict with but you're not going to grow into a deeper relationship and it will just kind of remain on the surface uh, the other thing that's important to consider this again to for you to listen through uh, the rest of our conversation is that not dealing with conflict does affect you personally. Mm-hmm. So not not dealing with it doesn't just affect the relationship, it also affects the individual. Uh, not only, again, just from holding that, just having that held deep inside, but it also does affect your health. So not dealing with conflict, not dealing with difficult situations does actually impact your health in the long run uh, because we know that people that, that are able to uh, deal with these situations. They're able to uh, reach some sort of reconciliation. There is a higher level of um, contentment, and there is actually a higher level of health uh, for those people that are able to again process it and get through it. Okay, yeah, and so I think I think we often feel like um, avoidance or uh, passive aggressive behaviors or um, canceling or whatever will ultimately be a solution for these Mm -hmm. types of things. However, that's actually not true. Like you said, you carry that burden around. And whereas we think that we're avoiding it, it in fact probably comes up over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. And, you know, we see this in, in marriages where, where an issue just festers for many, many years Mm -hmm. and never is addressed. We see it in, all kinds of family relationships with uh, siblings and our and our children and and everything, um, and I think it's it's really exasperated in our culture now, where we get very brave behind keyboards and call people names and mm-hmm. say things to them that we would never say to their face, 
and um, it, and it just becomes another way of that kind of lashing out with all the feelings, which is another way of dealing with with conflict or difficult situations that's not helpful. Yeah, and and you mentioned the the, the feelings part of this, and then that's where I think it gets a little bit tricky when we're talking about conflict and feelings because feelings typically for most people is just what drives them to be defensive or drives them to lash out or to cancel people. Uh, but in this circumstance, feelings can be helpful because it does highlight or it magnifies that there is this conflict, mm. that there is this issue that needs to be addressed. So in, in this case, I think feelings can be helpful, but we just have to harness it mm. and not just let it drive a wedge between people, but use it as a you know, more about bringing things to the surface and again, highlighting the need that this needs to be, needs to be dealt with. Right. And I, I think, um, our episode that I did a long time ago with Jess Hoddle called face off with your feelings about with her book, she does a really good job Mm. of that, that feelings do matter and that, but what we do with those feelings is what matters the most. And so let's talk about, and this is just going to kind of frame very broadly Three things to consider and to prepare for as you're preparing to have a difficult conversation or realizing that you need to. So, what's the first one? Right, and this is this is a little <laughs> fresh for me. So, I, you know, dealing with conflict is again not my ne- necessarily my natural strength, but it is something I think is important, especially as we grow um, spiritually and as we're trying to, to regrow and to reconcile some relationships. So. The thing that I would say that serves me best is going into the conversation with the idea that I, I'm not going to be defensive mm-hmm. uh, for this and that I'm not going to come in and try to fix it or I'm going to come in and try to you know, resolve everything in one conversation. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the first step and, and also realizing in the end that I'm not going to be able to fix it just like that. So the, the first thing really is, uh, again, is listening. Uh, but without preconceived ideas and without you just re- ready to jump in to either defend yourself or to provide a solution. Right. So I think it has to be active listening where you actually are trying to understand where the person is coming from, where, again, you're not trying to fix it or defend yourself or stir things up. You're actually trying to let the other person gets something off their chest. Right. And so listen to truly hear and and refine um, a perspective, not to wait for an opportunity mm-hmm. to jump in and say, oh, that's wrong, or, mm-hmm. or to talk about ourselves, which um, Wiggy and I grew up in very different families, so we should have talked about this at the beginning, sure. but we'll pause right here. He grew up in a family that very quietly dealt or didn't deal Mm -hmm. with the the issues in front of them. And it was very much um, kind of don't talk about it and maybe it will go away. And my family, my immediate family and my extended family is just kind of put it all on the table, even if we are fighting and aggressive with each other. And it's just... Mm-hmm. nothing ever gets resolved necessarily, but there's a lot of words. And right. so that's what kind of our backgrounds. And so you might imagine when we came together that he was a, I'm not going to talk about this. Right. And I was a yeller. 
that that created a lot of um, not helpful communication <laughs> for the first years of our relationship. And so this is something we've had to work really hard on both individually and together, even in our own marriage, because we have a wonderful marriage, but let's not lie and pretend like we don't ever have conflict. And let's not forget that conflict doesn't mean fighting. Mm -hmm. Conflict means lots of things, <clears throat> right. a difference of opinion, a assumptions that we make. There's so many things that can create conflicting thoughts and, and conversations that need to be had. Um, from very simple things to very complicated things. And so just wanted to pause and share sure. that because that kind of helps frame where um, these perspectives are coming from. And also, I just want to get back and say, you said you weren't good at dealing with conflict, but I actually think you're really good at dealing with conflict, <laughs> whether it comes from like... Yes, I've gotten better. If it comes from work, if it comes from, you know, conversations we have to have, family, you know, I think you're actually well, really good at well, it. Well, I appreciate that. And I think the and background... And that's not a, like... Well, no. Just, it's just well, it's true. I, well, thank you. <laughs> and I think you are... I think we actually make a great team because we are... We do have that different background. Mm -hmm. And so... And having that background information, I think, is helpful because both ways that Emily described are equally destructive. Mm -hmm. Right? So, not talking about things. Things may seem better on the surface, but there's a lot of deep wounds that are not being addressed. Mm -hmm. And then the other way with more, you know, getting everything out there and more... Aggressive. Uh, you know, yelling <laughs> and, and actually, you know, verbally expressing yourself is equally destructive because you're still not reaching any sort of common ground. Mm -hmm. You're still just kind of... You're, it's a different type of right. conflict. And there's a lot of self-control required. And that's one of the reasons why having listening be your ultimate goal for your first goal to be a good listener does help with that because you can be self-controlled while you're mm -hmm. listening and it allows you to have time to process. And so I, I mentioned that to start with because what Wiggy was saying to <clears throat> actively listen, like my natural instinct mm -hmm. is to jump in, get defensive and or have a quick solution and be like, Oh, this is easy. This is no big deal. Like we right. can just do this. And that's not usually what the person wants to hear or needs to hear it's not actually always helpful instead what comes next that, that can be really helpful kind of number two is to ask questions in order to better understand the what the person is saying to make sure you're understanding it mm -hmm. correctly or if there's a term that they said that that, that can mean lots of different mm -hmm. things which let's be honest our our language is hijacked completely so yeah one phrase or term might mean something completely different to Wiggy in his head than it means to me. And I might get mad that he said that where, I, and it then he doesn't mean anything what I thought he meant. Sure. That's, and so helping to un, ask more questions to understand what, what the person is truly feeling and to be able to make sure that you're talking about the same thing so that you're not fighting over something that you don't even, you're not even talking about the same thing. I think that happens so often too, just in, in general, mm -hmm. that um, what something even means sure. is just completely hijacked. Yeah, so we, we talked about kind of before we started the podcast, kind of our, our strategy for conflict resolution. The first one was, was listen, and then the second one, I guess we're calling that as acknowledging and then kind of reframing, kind of being the third. But I think it's actually important for us to maybe not move on from the different types of way conflict is handled. Mm. 
um, and maybe hit on that a little bit more. Okay. Because, you know, I think that actually it was very useful to look at your background mm -hmm. and look about how you saw conflict being handled. And I think actually the two ways that, that you described is actually for the vast majority of people, mm -hmm. it's probably one way, one way or the other. And then from that, figuring out what your weakness is. Because mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And this is this wasn't meant to be necessarily a marriage podcast, but it's very relevant for marriage. <laughs> <clears throat> that you need to understand what your weakness is when it comes to conflict resolution. And then you also need to understand what your spouse's weakness is when mm -hmm. it comes to, to conflict. So just for our example, for, for me, it's much more natural to listen. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm much more naturally inclined to, to hear, to hear the concern and to, to be able to listen to the, to the issue. But on the other hand, I'm much less inclined to actually share the concern mm -hmm. or share the conflict and be like, Hey, this is, this is bothering me. So I'm more likely to kind of keep it, you know, keep it under the, under the, the surface where for you, on the other hand, you're much more willing to share and to discuss the conflict, but you're probably a little bit less inclined to listen first. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yes. So, so I think it's actually really important to hit on that point is to understand, are you more of a listener or are you more of a talker? And to understand that that is a strength, but it's also a weakness at the same time. Mm -hmm. And to understand kind of where your spouse comes from too, because if you're naturally inclined to listen, again, that's going to be easy for you. And you understand that that's your, the way your spouse is going to respond. But you, you probably need to try and pull some things out of your mm -hmm. spouse. Just like you've had to try to pull things out of me. Right. And other times, like for me, you, you, when I do try to you know, share some sort of concern and then you try to fix it right away, I have to mm -hmm. say, hey, look, I just need mm -hmm. you to hear me first. Right. right. So I think that was, you just hit on what I was going to say because it, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah. I think understanding and giving your spouse, because here we are, we're talking about, this context works for any relationship, sure. but understanding that number one, you're on the same team. That's like the most important thing. But number two is understanding the strengths and weaknesses of both individuals and helping your spouse in when they begin to struggle mm -hmm. by not, by having grace with yeah. understanding that they desire to have better communication and desire to be able to resolve conflict better, just like you do. Those long-term, deep-rooted mm -hmm. ways that we've always done things are very difficult to break, especially when we have emotions and feelings. And so gentle reminders and encouragement of when we when we do fall into those natural tendencies is so incredibly important. Like when I'm start fixing or talking and Wiggy's not done sharing yet. And he says, Hey, I wasn't quite finished. I just want to finish the store. I want to, you know, share the situation. And it's my job. First of all, his job to kind of mention that doing it gently and my job to, you know, kind of humble myself in that moment and say, he's right. This is what mm -hmm. I'm doing. And this is not what I want to do. And so <laughs> right. I'm going to, and, and that's why I'll say, you're right, I'm sorry, you know, and vice versa. Um, right. And so it's very important to, number one, understand you're on the same team. Number two, understand your strengths and weaknesses as well as your spouse's and to have a lot of grace and the, this constant desire and 
willingness to work toward better, yeah. not perfect ever, but better. And, um, and it's, it's, there's no end to that journey. Sure. So maybe what might be helpful is for us to each give a couple tips okay. for how to best, mm. best deal with conflict with someone of this particular That's great. Uh, nature. That's great. So again, for m myself and more, um, more listener. And I think that's, probably pretty well connected with more introvert, right? So well, you also are an lines. internalizer. Right. So yeah, in, that's, that's what I'm saying. In, internal conflict resolution, introvert, listener, uh, that type of person. And you know if your spouse is this person, right? They're typically mm -hmm. more quiet. They, you typically, you know, they don't have a, a lot to share when they're kind of sharing their day, like those type of people. So the, the best thing that I, I think for that, uh, for that person would be actually asking very specific questions. So not saying like a gen generic, you know, how are you feeling, but saying, hey, how does this affect you, this particular situation? Mm -hmm. Or how do you feel about this very specific thing? Because that actually, they'll have to give you an honest answer for that, for that unique situation. And so having more pointed questions, I think, can be helpful. And then realizing that you're probably going to have to pull it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So maybe follow up that initial question with a follow-up question and say, well, explain that a little bit more to me. Right. Or can you, you know, again, can you just give me a little more information on, on that situation? So giving, you know, following up a question with another question and that's going to wear that active listening part that I was talking about is that the active part is you are actually, you are listening mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out what else you need in order to form the right conclusion or right kind of summary of what's going on, you need to ask some follow-up questions as well. So I think the, the asking questions part is very helpful for someone that is more of a, when you're trying to get information out of a listener. Right. Like probing, I'm, I'm probing, that sounds aggressive, nagging, I don't mean it but... like that. Yeah, probing questions um, that, you know, a lot of times I find is once, once we are able to get to beyond the the surface and the, those first mm -hmm. questions yeah. the, re the rest of it naturally will take care of itself as far as you know figuring out what the real core challenge might be mm -hmm. or and, and that kind of thing so um yeah what else oh that, that's, that's probably the best tips for me yeah so okay. just, you go ahead so i think for for if you are more like wiggy and you're kind of the the is easy to listen um and you have a spouse like me that is a verbal processor <laughs> um i think number one not being offended by some of that verbal processing mm -hmm. as as you're as you are working toward every, you know, improving communication in particular, because a lot of times, you know, the things that are said, not, not I'm not talking about an attack, like I'm attacking you for this thing, but just when trying to figure out what my thoughts are, it can be confusing for someone that's a really good internal processor. And so that knowing that those aren't like decisions or, desires necessarily but it is truly an external verbal processing to figure those things mm -hmm. out and so i think in this case helping to figure out what those processes look like as you're contributing 
versus thinking that everything that comes out is a decision or a desire can be really helpful. I hope I'm mm. making sense. But so, um, because I, I think that for someone that is a really good listener and an internal processor, it can be very confusing when it sounds like I'm accusing you of something when really I'm, uh, mm. figuring out where I even stand on it. And I just yeah. know okay. I feel this way. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. So I think that's one thing that can, can actually cause, um, cause, trouble and then I think the other thing that you do really well is when I'm talking when I should be listening you do gently mm -hmm. remind me without getting frustrated because again this is an ongoing right. process right well and I think that's the, the most important point probably is just not being frustrated with people handling situations differently mm -hmm. and so yeah I think when we have to say to each other you know, when you need to ask me more questions and I need to say, hey, I really need you to just kind of hear me on this. Uh, I think that's that's important to to have grace uh, mm -hmm. in a situation because dealing with conflict is always hard. It's always emotional. It's draining. But just to kind of summarize and wrap it up, but it is important. Right. That if you don't, the relationship will suffer. Uh, it will not grow. So you may have a relationship. It'll be very superficial. Mm -hmm. And you'll be carrying some weight with you that does affect you right all the time and yeah. that creates barriers in your relationship and and uh wedge yeah. uh, you know big yeah. small or not and, and it's so. amazing yeah you know we can i can be having a conversation with somebody that's had a conflict that happened 30 years ago and it still carries so much weight on them right it's so heavy and that then that has to affect them mentally physically they may think that everything's okay, but it's mm -hmm. but it's still very heavy for them. Right. And it and it ultimately carrying conflict, whatever that looks like, um, it it's heavy because it leads to there there's never an opportunity for reconciliation or forgiveness if mm -hmm. we just carry it. And so we're we're either struggling with unforgiveness or a desire for forgiveness that mm. we're not getting and both of those are incredibly heavy yeah so it taking those baby steps to start those processes can be really challenging but so worthwhile yeah i think that's good i, I think another way to visualize it is to consider the the conflict or the burden don't hold it with a closed fist because again a closed fist is just going to cause more tension more more pain uh, more problems down the road to, to kind of open up the open it up say this is this is out there we're gonna we're gonna talk about it and by opening up you can eventually end up letting it go mm, that's good regardless of what happens with yeah. that other person right. whoever that person might be yeah so awesome well thank you guys for joining us for this this is like an off the cuff rep episode and these are the kinds of conversations that we just sit around and have sometimes and so we're just sharing sure. that with you today. So uh, as always, we love your um, requests for different topics. So feel free to always share those along with us. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. Thanks so much. Have a great day.